all people that are upon the face of the earth. God has some elite. The Lord did not set his love upon you nor choose you because you were more in number than any people. For you were the fewest of all people. But because the Lord loved you. But because the Lord loved you. I just, I think we need that to sink all the way down to the foundation of our being. He chose me because he loves me. He chose you because he loves you. Not talent, not ability. Thank God it wasn't looks. I wouldn't have made it. It wasn't pedigree, it wasn't social status, it wasn't anything you've done or didn't do. He chose you because he loves you. Somebody say foundation. That's my title. He chose you because he loves you. Man, when the devil comes at you, he chose me because he loves me. When condemnation comes, when you don't feel like you're good enough, when you don't feel like you're spiritual enough, when you feel like you should be further down the road than what you are, and condemnation, it grabs and it, it gets on everybody. Amen. When depression comes and all of this attack and all of this self-loathing, remember those words. He chose me because he loved me. It wasn't pity. It wasn't he felt sorry for me. It wasn't because I was such a bum. He just, come on, get in here. That's what he had to do to the snails on the ark, you know. Just come on, Eric. No, no, no. He chose me. Somebody say those words. He chose me because he loved me. Amen. Jesus, we love you tonight. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your power, your divine. Jesus, in your precious name, in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the mighty name of Jesus, you may be seated. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Feel the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. The book of Deuteronomy is uh, a very unique book. Um, when one begins really to study the book of Deuteronomy, you'll find actually uh, a lot of repetition, um, a lot of echo. Um, a lot of laws that are reiterated, repeated, and rehearsed. Uh, this is really for a purpose. The book of Deuteronomy, um, its Greek interpretation is where we get our title from the word Deuteronomy. And the Greek actually means second law or the second edition. That's very important because this signifies that Though God may speak once, it's good to hear it twice. Can somebody say amen? Though God may speak once, it's good, Gideon, to confirm 
his will. Somebody say praise the Lord. Um, one of the most ironic things about the book of Deuteronomy is that God had uh, commanded this particular book to uh, be in the hands of a king when Israel uh, would eventually get a king God had commanded them. This is very important. I know it doesn't really sound like it, but there was something special about the book of Deuteronomy that, that God would command Israel. He said that when you get a king, I command that king to read from this book every day and not only read from it, I want him to write it and scribe this book on a daily basis. Something honorable about the book of Deuteronomy that God was wanting someone to get something out of this. That for a king to be a king, for a king to rule, for a king to remain and, and dominate and to remain in a mental state of power and authority, I want him to not only read this book, I want him to grab pen and paper and I want him to write this book down. I want this book, I want the words and the text and the scriptures, the paragraphs to be in this king's heart and in this king's spirit. I believe that God was telling us that there are some things in the book of Deuteronomy that are needed in order for us to rule and to reign properly upon the earth and in the position that God has given us. How many can't live by the word of God? I, I've got to have God's word on a daily basis. Amen. Men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. One of my favorite scriptures, clap your hand and say thank you for the word of God. Oh, thank him for the word. The devil trembles at the word of God. Amen. It is written, Jesus proclaimed to Lucifer himself. And finally, the devil couldn't take it anymore. He said, man, it is written. I can't argue with that. I can't debate with that. I cannot war with that because, amen, the Bible says his word is settled in heaven. It has been ordained, praise God. Anybody thankful for God's holy word? Praise the Lord. Amen. He want him to get this book in his heart. I want him to memorize it. I want you to commit it to memory. There are some key subjects in this book that you are going to need in order to make it to your promised land. There are some sentences and phrases and quotations directly from the mouth of God that I want you, amen, to get in your spirit. This is going to help you and carry you through your wilderness, through your deserted times, through your times of desolation and isolation. There are words in this book of Deuteronomy that will carry you through the scorpions and the serpents and, and all of the devil's attacks. There is something important in this book that I want you to know. Praise God. God looked at the book of Deuteronomy, told Moses every seventh year, I want you to read this book. Amen. I want everybody to listen because there are some promises in this book for my people that have originated, that have been produced right out of the heart and love of God and I need my people to understand how I feel about them. Amen. Amen. You flip over to Deuteronomy chapter 28 and the Bible says that blessings will come upon you and blessings will overtake you. That's God's word to his people. Amen. I want you to know that God is interested in blessing his people and not destroying his people. Come on, help me, Holy Ghost. 
I want you to know that God is not interested in chopping you down, but God is interested in building you up. God gets no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but he wished that all men would come unto repentance. I'm talking about a God that loves us. Clap your hands unto the Lord and give God praise. Oh, hallelujah. Man, so many people are overrun by condemnation, hard on themselves. The problem is when you're too hard on yourself, you're going to be hard on other people. Somebody say condemnation. Condemnation comes when you don't get a revelation about God's love and God's forgiveness. And you have that cloud, that thunderous, dark, ominous cloud over you all the time. And you feel like you've done something wrong. You don't feel like you're good enough no matter how much you pray, no matter how many hands you shake, no matter how many scriptures you read. You feel like you just don't measure up. But I want to tell you, we've got an advocate. We've got a high priest. We've got the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm talking about a God that's placed his love and his blessings and his favor upon us. Hallelujah. Somebody thank the Lord. Amen. Amen. These blessings shall come upon thee. Blessings shall overtake thee if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed shalt thou be in the city. Blessed shalt thou be in the field. And the list, amen, goes on and on of how much God wants to bless you. Why does God want to bless us? Is it because of the good we have done? Is it the talent, the ability, my social status, my history, my family tree? No, it's because God loves you. It's hard for some people to accept the favor and the blessings of God. They feel like they've got to get it out of anguish, somehow out of hard work and out of, out of uh, just condemnation and grit. And they feel like they can't be blessed until they're punished first. But I've come to tell you that God just wants to bless you because God loves you. Praise the Lord. Amen. That's why the Bible says, Romans chapter 6, 17, oh, thanks be to God. Amen. While we were sinners, uh, amen, but we, we obeyed that form of doctrine that was given to us. Amen. We repented of our sins, got baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, uh, and God gave us the greatest blessing of all. It was himself. Uh, anybody thankful for the gift uh, of the Holy Ghost? Uh, you can have it tonight. Uh, you can have it tomorrow. You can live in it. You can walk in it praise God man God I love my people and I chose my people I chose you because I loved you and man you can go on a full you can get to your destiny on that alone you ain't gonna get there on condemnation because watch now when you are hard on yourself you become hard on other people when you can't forgive yourself it's hard to forgive other people. When you look at all of your minor infractions and glitches and all of your mess-ups and you can't accept the love and the forgiveness of God, you're going to place that same gavel on everybody else. I see Peter. I see Peter deny Christ three times. He lied to Jesus and he denied Jesus. And the Bible says he went and he wept bitterly. He, he, he asked God for forgiveness, but but. Also was important was he accepted God's forgiveness. See, there's a lot of people that ask for God's forgiveness, but it's hard, amen, for them to accept God's forgiveness. I feel like I got to be punished. I feel like I got to go to uh, some, some mental prison or captivity and I got I to gotta pay a price. But the Bible says confess your faults unto him and he is faithful and he is just to forgive us of our sins. Hallelujah. Anybody got, I'm, 
Thank you, Jesus, for your mercy. But there are those types that want you to grovel in your mistakes. And you've got to be careful because this is what Judas did. Judas betrayed Jesus. And Jesus saw him and Jesus called him friend. But the Bible says he went out, ready? And he hung himself, Peter said. He hung himself until his bowels came gushing out. Because the truth of the matter is, is when you are full of condemnation, you can't accept God's forgiveness. Condemnation will hang you. And you can't have bowels of compassion on anybody else. You can't have bowels of mercy. The Bible talks about bowels of love, bowels of compassion, bowels of mercy. But when you hang yourself on condemnation, that's where unmercy comes from. It comes from an environment of condemnation. It comes from an environment of I'm not good enough. I'm not holy enough. I'm not righteous enough. Well, I've got news for you. It's not my good. My righteousness is but filthy rags. Amen. It's because of the righteous blood of Jesus. Amen. He chose you because he loves you. Not how bad, not how good you can pray. Not how much you can fast. It's by the love of Almighty God. Clap your hands. Oh, praise God. I promise you, man, we don't get a revelation of God's love. We become stern and we become hard. Amen. They couldn't understand that about Jesus. Publicans and sinners felt comfortable around him. You want to know why? Because he wasn't judging them all the time. Pharisees come along, dress right, act right, look right, talk right. Some of them were so staunch and so disciplined they couldn't even wave. You ready for this? To their wife or their daughter in public. If I ever get like that, I just want my, come and just knock me upside my head. Get it together, brother. Amen, because the Bible says the letter killeth, but the spirit the Spirit giveth life. The Spirit bringeth life. And God has placed His Spirit within you because He wants you to live, not under a cloud of condemnation and guilt and shame. Amen. The Bible, this is what the Scriptures say. Amen. That He, he loved us. He chose us because He loved us. This is why Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Amen. One interpretation said, the gospel has never embarrassed me or made me red in the face. I'm thankful that God still covers a multitude of sins. That when he sees you, he doesn't see a failure. He doesn't see a weakling. He doesn't see a mistake. He sees the child that he loves. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Because if we're not careful, we'll pray out of condemnation. And that ain't good. We'll fast out of condemnation. And we'll go to church out of, out of condemnation because we feel like God is upset with us. But, but God says, I want you to do it, amen, on the very fact that I love you and you love me. Shando Koshaya. See, that's called the complete cycle of love. This is why John, John said, there is no fear in love. Ready for this? Perfect love, complete love, cast out all fear. What's complete love? I love him. He loves me. 
John, 1 John 4, 18. This is John the disciple. Watch him now. Amen. We love him because he first loved us. Amen. You, know, you want to know why? I lift up my hands. Not, not because I'm afraid God being angry and upset. Amen. I lift up my hand because he loved me enough to forgive me. Amen. You want to know why I dance? It's out of love. Thank you, God. You want to know why I pay tithe and offer not so the preacher will be upset with me? It's because he loved me and I love him. Amen. That is the blessing. That is the complete cycle. And there is no fear. There is no torment when you get a revelation of how much God loves loves you and God cherishes you. Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord. Man, I got afraid. Me and my wife have been having Bible study and we've been, we've been studying holiness. And God said the anointing oil was holy and the tabernacle was holy and everything was holy. That means it was separated and it was pure for God. And we got on the subject of how God's people are holy. I said, uh-oh, 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 uh-oh. And I read and David said, amen, you want to live long days and enjoy a good life. He said, uh, keep your tongue from speaking evil of other people. Oh, I said, uh-oh. Oh, Lord, help me. Please help me. Oh, man, I, it's, it's easy to fall in. You ready? It's easy to fall into the trap of criticism and cynicism. Amen. When people don't have it all together. But when you measure by the ruler of love, God says, you didn't have it all together either, but I still love you. And so I made up in my mind, I don't care what brother or sister doesn't have it all together. I'm a measure by the golden rule and say, God loves you just as much as he loves me. Oh, clap your hands and say, he chose me. Because he loved me. Oh, praise God. Amen. I ran into one brother. He just started coming to church. Amen. He was part of the cartel in the early 80s, 90s. He showed me all of his x-rays. Got shot with a shotgun. Amen. He was a hit. I think he was a, he was a bodyguard. I mean, he showed me all of his paperwork. Amen. He didn't know anything about this gospel. And one day he said he went to a Baptist church and he said, uh, he said they baptized him. He said when he came out of the water, he was speaking in tongues. And he said before he knew it, they picked him up and put him on the outside of the church. He said he was wet, shivering, and speaking in tongues. I said, that's all right. We'll take you in. Praise God. Amen. And I know he's got some quirks and I know he's got some, some, some things that need to be straightened out. Amen. But if he can come into a tabernacle where God loves us. Amen. Not because of how perfect we are, but because of how perfect he is. Hey, come on. Come on. Perfect love. Cast out all fear. Perfect love. Ah, see, 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 see. Paul said, be careful you don't bite and devour one another. See, you got to feast on God's love. This is what agape is, a love feast. You got to feast on the love of God because if you don't, if you don't, you'll start feasting on other people. And when you get that little cuisine on your taste buds, it's hard to get out. You know, the music, you know, and the volume, and the carpet, and the speakers, and the blah, 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 blah. You're having a buffet. Bradford buffet, no, I'm just kidding. 
<laughs> well, they wanted John's head on a platter, didn't they? All jokes set aside. Amen. The Bible says love covereth a multitude of sin. Amen. And I'm thankful that when God sees us, you know what? He, he doesn't see some sin-filled reprobate. He doesn't see some sin-filled failure. He says, I see the object of love. Amen. He says he covered our sin. If we can ask for forgiveness, amen, God is not there with a hammer ready to bash it over our head. Amen. He chose you because he loves you, because he cherishes you. And you've got to get a revelation that though God, God is with me. Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord. Anybody thankful that God loves you? Okay. Amen. He said, I'm, I'm calling you out, amen, to be a holy people. Amen. See, see, see. For thou art a holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God has chosen thee. See, see, this is where people stop. They stop at. We are holy people. And we separate it. Amen. But the revelation of holiness goes on. He says, you're holy because I chose you. I want you to walk around with the anointed mindset that I am chosen of God. That I have been select out of a number of preferences and options. Many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called, but few even answer the call. And, and God says, I want this mindset to be in you, amen, that, that it wasn't because you ran, slipped, and fell in the church. It's, it's because I actually selected you and, you and I spoke to you. There was something in you that I desired, that I craved, and that I yearned for, and I spoke, and I made some things, and I made grandparents get in church, and, and their parents get in church, and, and all of a sudden I got you, amen. That's what love does. Love pursues. Anybody thankful that God was pursuing you before the foundation of the earth. He chose you because he loves you. See, see it's different. I didn't choose my son. I, I got to love him now. He's here. I mean, I do love him. Don't get me wrong. Most days. There you go. I was just teasing. But, but I didn't choose him. It was, it was given to me, and responsibility and, 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 and uh, parental rights and uh, all those things. I'm, I'm, this is where I'm at. But, but God said, I chose you. Oh, hallelujah. You wasn't the smartest in your family. You wasn't the nicest. You wasn't the most righteous. Uh, amen. You didn't have it all together. You were in a world of mess. Uh, but God saw something beautiful. God saw something worth dying for. God saw something loving inside of you. And he called you into his marvelous. Oh, somebody clap your hands unto the Lord. Thank you for choosing me. I'm killing two birds with one stone right now. Amen. For those that are under condemnation, I'm showing you how much God loves you. And for those that like to condemn, I'm showing you how much God loves those that you want to condemn. Praise God. Amen. You, we got to get this. We got to get a hold of this thing. We, we got to get a hold of this thing. Because we, 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 we operate a lot of times off of, off of a little bit of guilt. Praise God. And uh, I always feel that, that residue and mentality lingering around the church of condemnation. 
But our identity of who we are has got to change. We are not always all-powerful. We know that. Amen. You know, you get me, get me pumped up, give me a good Friday night conference, and I mean, I can lay hands, I might catch the devil out. You know, but if I'm, I'm at Starbucks in the drive-thru, I mean, I'm catching the devil out right here. Just catch me at church. Amen. And, and you're going to have spiritual highlights, and there's going to be spiritual downtime. There's going to be thrust of power and potency, and then there's going to be times of, of weakness and confusion. Those are the patterns of life. But one thing you can rest assured on is that God loves you every day, every hour, and every minute, and every second of every moment. You don't ever have to question. You don't ever have to question that. And if we are going to identify ourselves as anything, it's not the people that wear skirts and don't cut our hair. It's not the people that go to church twice on Sunday. Amen. It's, it's not the people that speak in tongues and lift up their hands and dance around. Amen. And all those things are good to be known for. But if we are going to be identified and known by anything, amen, we got to be the people that God loves and that God has chosen. Hey. See, John, John said, he said, we, we love him because he first loved us. Why you go to church? Because I love him. How come you don't cut your hair? Because I love him. Amen. Why this? Why that? Because I love him. Amen. Why do you love him? Because he first loved me. Amen. Love is kind. Love is patient. He was patient with me. Amen. He's still patient with you. He's still kind to you. Anybody thankful that God is not mean? That God is not trying to bring up every account and every mistake. Amen. That God is not, not dialing in on all of your failures. Amen. David said, the Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Praise God. I'm, I'm, this, this revelation blew my mind. Because I got to looking at John, John's life. And uh, God began to show me some things. God said, I need you to get your self-identity of how John got his identity. See, we, we read about John. Y'all remember John and James? John wasn't always perfect. We read about him in the book of Revelation. He's seeing angels and he's seeing Jesus Christ. And, hey amen, he's seeing all these miraculous things and all this end-time prophecy and mysterious symbols and uh, just things that we would even daydream about. And John, is he's saying, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. I mean, how about that? I mean, just, man, you know, could you imagine just coming up to the dinner table and somebody's like, man, I just saw three angels. Wow. I just saw Jesus Christ. Sorry, starts to describe him to you. You're like, man, I wish I could see that. John saw all this, but, but let me tell you something. John wasn't perfect. I mean, the Bible says, I believe it's Mark chapter 10 and verse 35. I mean, you will remember that the disciples are walking with Jesus, and they ask themselves a question, and they say, who is the greatest? How much arrogance and pride you got? I mean, you're walking with the greatest, and you can't see that? 
Because the truth of the matter is, is though we walk with God and though we are following God, sometimes we lose sight of God. And when we lose sight of God, we start thinking crazy. This is why the Bible says a carnal mind is death, but a spiritual mind is life and peace. Amen. The first carnal man that was ever created was Adam. Amen. And he lost sight. And the Bible says because we are carnal, we have the potential to lose sight of God. And John and James, amen, they both came to Jesus and said, well, you know, I'm better than my brother Jeremy over here. And, you know, when you go into your throne, uh, let me sit on the right-hand side. And John, James, his brother, said, I'll, sit, I'll stand on the left-hand side. You know what they were saying? I'm better than my brother. I'm more important than my brother. You ready for this? They even brought the mom to talk to Jesus. They're going to get mama, a couple mama's boys, mama to do the bidding. Amen. You study this and you see the pride and the arrogance. Who's the greatest? And Man, I want to sit on the right-hand side, sit on the left-hand side. God, when you come in your glory and everything's shining and everything's polished, and when they see you, Jesus, they're going to see me. I want to be up in the front. I want to sit right next to you. I want to I be the, the one that, hey, man, I, wanna, I, want, I want some of that worship too. And the Bible says, God said, I will give my glory to no other. There are no other gods beside me. But God was patient with John. And you'll read later on in Luke chapter 9, verse 54, uh, Jesus is going and he's making his way through some, some lost territory. And Jesus is on his way and he's going his way on a mission. And the Bible says some Samaritans didn't receive him. Amen. And who comes along? James and John. And they get Jesus and they tap him on the shoulder. And they say, you want us to call down fire and destroy all of these people? Now you see why they couldn't be on the right hand and the left hand. You want to know why? Because they didn't have a love for other people. Because they hadn't have a revelation of how much God loves them. And Jesus rebuked them and said, you don't even know what type of spirit you are of. Because when you're ready, he said, I didn't come to, I didn't come to destroy people. I didn't come, John 3, 17, he didn't come to condemn this world. He came to love this world. He came to save this world. He said, and John, John's right there. Why don't you just destroy him, Jesus? He's lucky Jesus didn't look at him and say, why don't I just destroy you? See, he, he made some mistakes, but all the while he's growing and he's getting revelation. Because he comes from trying to be John the greatest, and then he tries to be John the destroyer. But when you read his writings, John chapter 13, verse 23, you know what he calls himself? The disciple whom Jesus loved. When you stand in the mirror, what do you see? Do you see failure? Do you see an object of God's anger? Or do you say, you know, I don't have it all together. But I'm still a disciple that Jesus loved. When you stand in the mirror, what do you see? Man, I got to get it together. I don't have this right. I don't have. Or, or do you see, I'm an object of his love. That's the proper way. I chose you. Because I loved you. I separated you so you can be a special treasure 
unto me. And when you get this revelation, watch now, when you get this revelation, it'll change the way you pray. It'll change the way you treat other people. Amen. You won't always have this looming shadow over you that you are not good enough. And we need that in the church. It's not, it's not something that the church just battles with. The whole world's battling with this. This is why suicide rates are at a sky high. Just don't feel good enough. Well, I come to tell you today that God says you're good enough. God chose you because God loves you. Oh, hallelujah. Clap your hands unto the Lord. My God. Revelation. He, he, it's amazing. It's amazing. I'm almost done. It's amazing because this revelation, he, he's writing about himself. He doesn't call himself John the Great. He doesn't call himself John the, John the Failure. He doesn't call himself John the Destroyer. He, when he's identifying himself, he says, the disciple whom Jesus loved. I mean, this man got a revelation. That, that through all of my faults and all of my mishaps, the days I missed prayer and, and the time I hadn't fasted and all of, he's not looking at all that. He says, I am the disciple that Jesus loves. That's my identity. Why are you ready for this? When you get it, people around you are getting it. Because Jesus said, one of you is going to betray me tonight. And there's somebody here. Can you imagine that, man? I mean, you know, you're celebrating Pastor Bradford's birthday. He stands up and says, one of y'all going to stab me in the back tonight. Oh, man. Come on, baby. Get your keys. Let's get out of here. Happy birthday, Pastor. This is what Jesus did. Jesus was there. He, they were eating. They were having a good time of communion. And Jesus said, when are you going to betray me tonight? Talking about killing the vibe. Man. And they couldn't figure out who it was. Amen. John 13, 23, the disciple that Jesus loved. The Bible says he was, he was leaning on his bosom. Amen. That means he was right there in front of Jesus. His alignment was right. He was at the right place at the right time. Because when you get a revelation that you are the object of God's love and he's the object of your love. Amen. Even in the midst of betrayal and death, I'm still in his presence. Even in the midst of betrayal, even in the midst when other people want to walk off from Jesus, when I get a revelation of his love, I'm still in his presence. That's why some of you are still here today. Because you got a revelation of his love. Other people that left, some of your best friends that left, amen, some of your Conrad's people, you wept on, wept on their shoulder and shared precious information, amen. And, and the Bible says, amen, they went out from us because they were not of us. But when you get a revelation of his love, I'm right there in his presence. And the Bible says that Jesus revealed the secret unto the disciple whom Jesus loved. Because when you get a revelation of God's love, that he chose you because he loves you, not how good you are, not how disciplined you are, not how holy you are, amen, God can begin to speak secrets unto you because he trusts you. See, but if you get all of this out of discipline and, you, and you're living for God out of condemnation, the moment God reveals a secret to you, you're going to go tell everybody else. This is why God can't show you people's weaknesses in the church. Because you're going to criticize them. But when you get a revelation of God's love, God will show you who's struggling. Amen. And instead of criticizing them and banging them down, God knows you're going to go pray for them. 
Somebody say he chose me because he loved me. He chose you because he loves you. Hallelujah. Disciple that Jesus loved. Can, can you, man, you know, it's hard to do that. If somebody came up to you and said, hey, brother, what's your name? I'm a disciple that Jesus loved. They'd be like, but it's true. I said, it's true. I mean, we see Jesus, we see John later on, and the Bible says that when Jesus, on the, when Jesus was on the cross, amen, Jesus looked at, at John, and he says, he looked at the disciple that Jesus loved, and he said, he said, woman, behold thy son. And he said, behold thy mother. This is how he's identifying himself. You got to get this revelation because when you get the revelation that, that you are the disciple that Jesus loved, Jesus can entrust you with church. He can entrust you with the gospel. You ready? He can entrust you with his most prized possession and his most prized people. See, there's some people in the church, man, I don't want new converts to get around. I'm just being honest. Because I know if they get around them, they're going to get bitter. They're going to start talking about all the junk in the church. Because nobody's perfect. Ain't no, ain't no such thing as a perfect church. And you know, when they get around that person, you're like, three o'clock, three o'clock, go get them. Because we, we, we don't want them getting bitter and getting harsh. And getting mean. I want them to be around a disciple that's got the revelation. Hey, God loves me. God loves you. We all make mistakes, but let's have revival. Amen. Let's have some church. Amen. We ain't perfect, but we on our way. We're going to get it together. Amen. We, we're getting better. Somebody clap your hands unto the Lord. Come on, stand to your feet and give God some praise in this place. Musicians come, in the name of Jesus, clap your hands and say, I am the one that Jesus loved. Hallelujah. Man, I, many times, the hardest, the times in my life where I've been the hardest on other people is when I've been the hardest on myself. Amen. Hallelujah. The times I've been the hardest on other people is when I've been the hardest on myself. And God said, you know how you stop criticism in a church and a family? Let get the revelation of how much God loves us. Amen. John amazes me. I got to reading this one time, and I'm like, man, he keeps referring to himself as the disciple that Jesus loved. He could have just said it was me. Jesus came in the middle of the storm and said, it is I. But John, when he writes the, first, the, the, book, the, the, the book of 1 John, and he's writing about love, and he's talking about how he, he, he loved us. We love him because he first loved us, amen, which was, I believe was the first book of the New Testament. He's trying to get a point to us because the Pharisees for many years ruled and reigned, and they operated on condemnation and duty and discipline. If the church is not careful, that's what we operate on. Hallelujah. And we'll scold people if they don't, if they just don't make it to the T. Now we won't make, we may not do it openly, but we'll do it up here. 
Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost moving. See, because the truth of the matter is, is you can walk into an atmosphere and smell gasoline. You can walk into an atmosphere, you can smell smoke. You can walk into an atmosphere and without seeing anything, you can sense danger and harm. And when people walk into the house of God, they've got to smell the sweet, calamus scent of God's love. You hear this preacher tonight? Because when they walk through those doors, that's the first thing they're looking for. Is it safe here? Is it safe here? Or do I got to measure up overnight? You ready for this? The first time we see John refer to himself as the disciple that Jesus loved, he's standing next to Jesus. He's leaning right next to Jesus. The second time we see John, he's leaning right next to Mary. The third time he refers to himself, I believe it's John chapter 20, verse 2. He's standing right next to Peter. See, because true love, when you get, an, when you get a revelation of how much God loves you, hey amen, I'm going to stand by a brother and I'm going to help him. I'm not, no, no, I'm not. I'm going to stand by him because I'm, I'm there to help him. Peter, I'm right here with you. You made some mistakes, that's all right. Mary, don't you worry about it. And he looked at her and said, behold thy son. Because Jesus knew and John got a revelation. I am the one that Jesus loved. It's not in talent, ability, it's not in money, it's not in how much I pay tithe. Uh-uh. It's because he loved me. Because the fourth time we see him, I believe it's John chapter 21, verse 7, he's standing next to Peter. Ready? And the Bible says, Peter is not properly clothed. And Jesus comes off on the scene. This is Peter after he's denied Christ. He's wept bitterly. He's lied. He feels like a failure. He's out there fishing. And Jesus comes on the scene and says, children, have you any meat? And John picked up on who it was. Because when you have a revelation that it's not me that loved him first, but he loved me first. It was his idea. I'll sense him wherever he is. I'll sense him. It don't have to be at church all the time. I'll, I'll sense him. His love in the middle of the day at work, family, driving down the road. Why? Because this relationship is being what it's supposed to be. And that's love, friend. Not condemnation. People coming here tonight, condemnation, chains and dragons. Say, man, I can't even pray for people because, you know, I just, that's condemnation. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Look at this scripture. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me, gave himself for me. Hallelujah. It's a safe place here. I can feel it. That's why people come. That's why people come and they get the Holy Ghost. Because God says, I can trust this church. 
I can trust this church. I can send the brokenhearted. I can send the lonely. I can send the imperfect. And when they look at them, they'll say, you know what? God loves us. For God so loved the world. Mm. Every eye closed. I just want you to, man, I'm, you're in his presence right now. It's not how good I am. He said, if you repent of your sins, you confess your sins to him. You have a heart to change. He said, he'll forgive you. He said, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sin. He said, and I'll fill you with my spirit. I'll come in. I'll, I'll, I'll make an abode. I'll live with you. We'll walk together. He said, I stand at the door and knock. If any man open up the door, I'll come into him. I'll sup with him. That's called love, friend. He said, God, I'm not perfect enough. That's all right. We're going to work on it together. Come on, he chose me because he loved me. Come on, whether you, whether you pray 10 minutes or 10 hours, God loves you the same. Come on, whether you fast, whether you fast or you, God loves you, it's his love. It's his, it operates. I feel the love of God in this place. He said it'll, it'll be a place for all nations. Amen. The broken and the lonely, the hurt, the crippled. Come on, those that have those that have been broken by this world. Amen. It's a safe place. Come on, I've chose you. I chose you. Remember that. You are the child that God loves. God loved us. Amen. That's why we love him. Anybody feel like praying to the one that loved them? Come on. Come on, his love is circulating this place. In the name of Jesus, God, let us get a revelation of who we are. Let us get a revelation of the identity, God. Oh, God. I know I'm not perfect, but he loves me. I know I'm not all together, but he loves me. I haven't made it all there yet, but he loves me, friend. Come on. I chose you because I loved you. In the name of Jesus. But you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. That you shall show forth the praises of him that calls you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Come on, you're in the marvelous presence of the almighty God. He loves you. He's going to help you. He's going to talk to you. Why don't you come, repent of your sins and say, God, forgive me. God, forgive me of my trespasses. Forgive me, Lord, of my mistakes. Oh, help me to get back on my feet. Help me to get my job back. Come on, help me to get my family back. Come on, help me to get my preach back and my praise back. Come on, the love of God is in this house. Why don't you come and pray? As they begin to sing, why don't you come and pray? Talk to the one that loved you from the very beginning. He's going to help you. He's going to help you get it all back. These blessings shall overtake you in the mighty name of Jesus. jealous for me. Come on. Love covereth a multitude of sin. Love's like a hurricane. I am a tree. Thank you for loving me, Jesus. The weight of his wind and mercy With all of the sudden I am unaware Thank you for loving me, Jesus by glory Thank you for loving me, lift him up
come on the presence of God is falling in this place it's falling he loves you friend to redemption by the grace 